Hello, I'm Alfred Edmund Jr., Senior VP and Executive Editor-at-Large at Black Enterprise. Welcome to another edition of Your Money, Your Life. This episode of Your Money, Your Life is sponsored by Prudential. And we have a great topic that fits right in with the theme of the show, which is funding your retirement while leaving a legacy. And not only do we have a great topic, we have the perfect person to have a discussion about that topic. We're talking about veteran retirement columnists, money columnists, USA Today, Black Enterprise, you name it. This our guest has, has written for it and has been a leader um, in business journalism in general and in financial journalism in particular. Please welcome to the show, Rodney Brooks. Rodney, man, thank you for taking the time to join us. Thank you for inviting me, Al. Well, let, me, first of, let me congratulate you on your new book, Fixing the Racial Wealth Gap, which obviously is a high, it was always a priority uh, for us in this uh, financial journalism space, but clearly um, is, 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 uh, is even more important in the wake of, the, of what we've seen over the last few years in terms of the black wealth gap. Talk to me about the book, why you chose now to write it, what you expect people to get out of it. Just talk to me a little bit about the, the book and congratulations on releasing the book. Thank you. Well, you know, um, I've, I've always been sort of a de facto uh, financial advisor to, to young people coming up. And, and um, you know, when they come to USA Today, I basically make them sign up for the 401k because you know what the numbers are when it comes to Black folks in 401k. So, so my friends and family have been after me for, for years to do a book, um, not just on financial planning, but since Black folks have such different, um, you know, since, since we're so different, one specifically aimed at, at Black Americans. Um, and, you know, during the social justice protests, it was, you know, a lot was said about the racial wealth gap. So it made sense to, to merge both topics because before you give financial advice and, and talk about why, you know, talk about our numbers, you know, why, why black wealth is, is one-tenth of white wealth, family uh, wealth, you know, 171,000 versus 70, um, you know, um, versus 17,000. Um, you you got to say, how did we get here? And how we got there is is all of the racism and the discrimination, you know. So so I start out in the book talking about the things, you know, everything. Some people know, some they don't. You know, people know about Tulsa, you know. And and I, I, I did a story um, where um, where I was talking about the uh, basically reparations, and and uh, and I mentioned Tulsa, and I said that happened in dozens of other American cities. Well. Well, the editor called me on and said, did this really happen in dozens of other cities? I said, I, well, I could have said hundreds because, because it happened in like every major city in America where we had built up black wealth and white mobs basically burned it down, took it away from us. And um, so, you know, so how could we, how could we be anywhere near where we need to be if we had things like that, you know, our wealth was violently taken away from us. You know, and then, uh, you know, and then you have things like, uh, you know, the black GIs coming back from World War II, um, where um, the GI Bill was passed and the president pushed it, pushed basically implementation down to, to these, um, these white southern states, the racist states. So, so uh, they found a way to not let black GIs get a benefit, a GI benefit. Okay. And, and, 
you know, housing wealth is a big part of our wealth, you know that. So, um, so you had things like Levittown that was built in Pennsylvania where, where these white GIs were able to settle with their families and build household home wealth. And black GIs could not live there. In fact, they had covenants banning black folks from living there. So, you know, you could go on like that, um, you know, you could go on incident after incident, and then you sort of see why why we here, you know, how we got here. You know, right. there are many. You know, we talk about the black farmers and and how the um, the Department of Agriculture basically um, discriminated against against them for years, and that's still going on. So you know, it's just thing after thing, and 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 you sort of add it up, and, and then you look at the things that are going on now. You yeah. know. You know, with the, um, you know, if you if you look at the um, the appraisal process, you know, you have you have these couples that that basically got these low appraisals. One in one in California, uh, uh, it was like uh, they got a really low appraisal. It was uh, and they basically took everything black out of the house, including the pictures and the art, and they had their white neighbor move their pictures and art in, and the appraisal went up by half a million dollars. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so, it's still going on. So when we talk systemic, that's what we're talking about. Uh, right. You know, and I, I tell I, I, on my both this show and my other show, I always tell people, if you want a crash course on how we got here in terms of the racial wealth gap, um, there's, there's, there's some great resources. But one of them is Boss, the Black Experience in Business, which is a documentary. And you see over and over again, we build up a certain amount of wealth. And then either through violence, public policy, law, it's systematically stripped away. And we're like, it's like pushing this boulder up the hill only to have it roll back down on us again. And right. we're starting over and over and over again. So you're yes. absolutely right. Yes. So, so, you know, obviously your book is focused on acknowledging those things. Um, and not just your book, but, but your, your career, um, again, as a de facto financial advisor, as a, uh, you know, just a, one of the, the best business financial journalists I know, I count you as a mentor and, and a role model. Um, you've been focused all your career, including with this book, on solutions. And, and that's what Your Money, Your Life is all about, it's about financial wellness and saying, okay, this is where we are, here's what we need to do. So let's talk to me a bit, you know, about funding your retirement which is something else that I think African-Americans in general, we kind of either wait too late to get started or we'll put funding our children's education ahead of funding, funding retirement. Um, but funding your retirement while leaving a legacy, a legacy meaning wealth to build on, multi-generational wealth. We're talking about estate planning and other issues that make this a multi-generational discussion and not just a today discussion. Um, yeah, so, so you know, I the easiest part is funding your retirement if you're working for a, a company that has a 401 plan or an agency that has a 403. Um, um, but even, even with the company contributions, you find people, even educated Black people, who don't think it's important um, to to um, to make that contribution or say, you know, I, I, I don't have the money, I can't afford it. But you know, think about where you end up if you don't do what you need to do. Um, it's like 38% of Black seniors depend on Social Security for 90% of their income. Wow. And that compares with 28% of white Americans um, because they 
didn't say, I mean, and, and that's not to criticize because we know there are reasons why they can't save, you know, um, but but when you have the opportunity and you have a company willing to match, there is no reason for you to not make a contribution. Um, and part of the problem is that companies these days, you know, when when I was uh, even um, when I was uh, with USA Today in the earlier years, um, you know, we had HR departments, so they would basically help you sign up for the 401k. Um, and basically walk you through the process. Well, these days, um, when I by the time I left, um, a new hire would be given the 800 number, say, call this, figure it out yourself. <laughs> and um, so we don't have the guidance. And that's why I stress so much that that you should try to find a financial advisor. Um, even, you know, we always uh, people think. They cost, yes, yes, they do cost some money, but people think they're only for rich people and they're not. But also if you don't have the money, there are so many who are, who are doing um, pro bono sessions at community centers and, and churches. But, but uh, it is so good to have somebody from, you know, outside of your family who's gonna give you some advice and, 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 and put it all together because, you know, the retired 401k, we talked about estate planning, all of that stuff comes together in a, in a financial plan. Um, and you can't really, you know, focus on one part without focus on any other. So, um, and then, you know, getting to the estate plan, we have, you know, you know, we see so many stars, even Black stars who dying without wills and what James Brown? What did it take? You know, fifteen years for for his his estate to be settled. Um, and if you, um, it's it's important to have a will. Um, and um, you know, and I always recommend a trust. So, um, but people don't realize that. Uh, that dying without a will, you you it's basically let somebody else is going to determine how your assets are going to be distributed. Okay. And so and some and, of those assets are lost when you talk about 15 years to work it out to right. legal fees. Right. You know, like largely they're going to get paid whether you pay them up front to do the will in the estate plan or on the back end because your 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 assets are stuck in probate and you're trying to work it out. Sooner or later, that your resources are getting drained or family resources are getting drained. Right. And they have, I don't usually recommend it. I mean, but you could do a will online these days. I mean, there's no reason not to have a will. Uh, and there's no reason not to leave a legacy for your children. We've, for so long, you know, we've got generation after generation, um, you know, and one of the one of the big advantages white families have is that they their inheritance is is like ten times <laughs> the average inheritance of a white family is like ten times that of a black family. Actually, maybe twenty times. But um, you know, because because there is not much to leave, and you know, and the other thing, I, you know, part of part of the state planning, um, Al, is is we don't think about insurance. You know, a, a friend of mine who's a financial advisor said black people need to stop doing these five thousand dollar um, insurance policies just enough to put them into the ground and 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 do a hundred thousand hundred thousand dollar policy to leave something for their children and their grandchildren. Yeah, Rodney, you're you're hitting it. All the notes that we stress on this show, um, 
This episode of Your Money, Your Life is brought to you by Prudential. Prudential knows the importance of having a rock in your life. Everyone needs a rock. A rock can help turn the far-fetched into the within reach. When you have one, you can reach your potential, your dreams, and your goals. And when it comes to your financial goals, Prudential is the rock you can rely on. With their knowledgeable financial professionals, Prudential can help you get to new heights. Plan, invest, insure, retire. Visit Prudential.com. Who's your rock? Listen, Rodney, like I said, you live, you live perfectly into the subjects that we talk about on this show. If you can, you know, as, as we, we work through uh, trying to get people focused on retirement planning and connecting that to legacy, connecting that to multi-generational wealth, the importance of insurance, importance of trust. What elements of your book um, do, do you think people, I mean, obviously they should read the whole book, but what are key elements of your book you think people should focus on to get in the right frame of mind of, of really funding a retirement in order to leave a legacy? Um, well, one, the, the one is um, understanding, um, basically um, understanding interest rate and compound interest, okay? The, so you could understand how the earlier you start, um, the, the more, you know, you get, you start getting interest on interest. And so the, the earlier you start building that wealth, the more you're gonna end up with. Um, um, so, you know, you know, you don't wanna, you don't wanna wait until 50. Right. <laughs> now I was doing an interview um, with the, um, lady who was really proud of her. She had, she had put her daughter through uh, college. She has an uh, Ivy League education. She said, but um, I didn't save anything for retirement and I'm 50 years old. And it's like, um, so what can I do? <laughs> um, at that point, there are only so many options. And, and, and the most likely is that you're going to delay retirement because you've got to keep working, you know, because we already talked about, I mean, the average of, uh, Social Security payment was fifteen hundred dollars a month. Um, that is not enough to, um, yeah. to, to keep your lifestyle. So, so, so you're gonna have to keep working. But the problem with that is, is that um, you know, Black Americans have so many health issues that many times we can't keep working. If especially if you're doing one of those, you know, you're doing manual labor, those hard jobs, um, you have. You have uh, um, black women, especially, uh, are caregivers, uh, and they have to leave the job market. So, uh, so you have to do it when you can. You have to set aside money. But, um, but I think it all starts with that. You know, first that chapter on how to find a financial advisor. Okay, find a financial advisor. Find someone who can help you, um, even if, if it's pro bono or, or whatever. Um, do that. Um, and I think, you know, something we all overlook, I think it's a credit um, and the importance of having good credit um, is, uh, is, a, is a chapter that, that the more you delve into it, the more you say, wow, <laughs> um, you know, um, let's- well, I, um, I always say, if I knew then what I know now, and you right, talk right. about waiting into your, into your 50, um, you know, I, if I would talk, talk to young people and say, if I had to do it all over again, I'd really kind of waited until I was in my early thirties before I really, uh, if, and thankfully at black enterprise, we had our 401k back then. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I got in right away, but it was true. We're, 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 we're 
having to convince people, no, this is something you have to do. Right. So I always tell, you know, young people, don't wait until you're 30. Do it when you're 20 if you can. Certainly do it when you're 22, 23. Because to your point about compound interest, the earlier you start, the, the less money it takes. You know, people say, oh, I can't afford it. But you don't need that much because the time is actually more important to you than actually how much money you're putting aside if you got that long, you know, 50-year runway. And, and your point about the health issues, and, you know, I'm very serious about my health. And yes. part of the reason I'm so serious about it is because I'm in that category. I got to extend my earning years to make up for what I didn't do between age, you know, say 20 and my early 30s. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick up extra years, extra earning years to make up. And everybody's not going to have that luxury. I don't know if that's guaranteed, uh, you know. So when we say health is wealth, um, when you look at Black men dying prematurely and Black women living longer, but not necessarily in the best of health, that all still goes into this larger equation of trying to, you know, close this racial wealth gap. Yes. And, and um, so, one, so one of the chapters I thought was, was pretty important was, um, was basically talk to your children. Um, you know, people, well, parents in general don't talk, but black parents, uh, it's almost like a taboo subject. Uh, you know, I don't think I ever knew how much my father earned <laughs> um, and, and what, what, what things cost when, when we were coming up, you know, and I talked to a financial planner who goes into schools and, uh, you know, city neighborhoods. And he's like, these kids don't even know what it costs to pay a cable, a cable bill. They have no sense. So, um, you know, and, and um, I talked to um, I talked to a business owner um, 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 in New York, <laughs> Queens, um, and she talked about how her mother made her write out the checks. So she knew exactly what was coming in uh, and. Um, and she knew not to ask for anything because she knew there was no money left. Right? <laughs> so, um, so you know, so those discussions and and kids can well, soak that information up. So you know, I you know, I don't I don't even say wait until you know they're a certain age. Kindergarten, you know, they if you start talking to them, they'll they'll start getting those values and they'll start understanding those things. So, Roddy, know. my rule with my kids and with kids in general, but certainly my kids who are all now grown and on their own, is the minute they can ask for things and they can count, <laughs> it's time. <laughs> as soon as they can say, "I want that," and I understand that one plus one is two and five plus five is ten, they're ready to start absorbing it. And you're right, my mother. I mean, I was raised by a divorced single mother on public assistance who at the time, she eventually got some college education, but she had an eighth grade education when I was born. She only could teach me what she could teach me. Um, but, you know, I'm an editor at Black Enterprise. I was like, how can I not? How can I allow my children not to understand some of these principles? And you're right. It has to, you know, when you're talking about, you know, closing the wealth gap and we're talking about multi-generational, we have to make this discussion a discussion from early on. And I, I'm proud to say my kids were way more money savvy when they, you know, when they were 17 or 18, my oldest daughter knew her credit score when she got out of college. She's always managed it well, but it was because of that foundation that was built, you know, between me and their mothers when, when they were little. And, and, and I think that's a key, key element, Rodney, to, to what we have to do. Well, you know, you talked about credit scores. So, you know, some of the numbers are like 50% of white Americans have a credit score of 700 or more. Um, and that compares to 21% of blacks. 
Um, and, you know, and credit, people, we are, our lives are so dependent on that. Uh, you know, from, from the interest rates you're gonna get for a mortgage or a car um, and, uh, and those increased, how much it, the cost will increase if you have a low credit score to, to, to even getting an apartment. Um, we need to know what our credit scores are and manage it and know how to and know how to bring it up. So so I devoted a chapter to credit scores because you know that's 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 one of the reasons we end up paying more for everything because because of higher interest rates. You know, you know one of the things I, I love about your book and, and I you know always admired about you, Rodney, is that you get even before the current conversation about the, the America's racial wealth gap and closing the wealth gap you've always kind of connected those dots between credit, budgeting, retirement, of course. I mean, you really you know, dove deep into that during the course of your career and what this means for the long-term multi-generational financial health of Black America. Um, and, and to me, this book is kind of a culmination of all of that, which is probably why you've been pressed by people you know to write this book over the years. You know, in the time that we have left, if there's one thing, well, two things, one thing you want people to walk away from our conversation with that hopefully will get them to take action, not just be better educated, but take action on this. What would that be? And two, I want to make sure people know where to find you, where to find the book, because obviously we're not going to get it all in, in, in a half hour conversation. But this is a jumping off point, hopefully, for people to take some action to really um, fix the racial wealth gap in their own lives and families. Um. Well, the one thing I would tell them is is basically start saving. Um, you know, we know a fair amount of people don't have access to a four hundred one k, but one I would say part of saving is first have the have an emergency plan before you actually start saving. I mean, an emergency budget is what I'm talking about. So um, you know, so when so when the car breaks down, you know, uh, where we need to replace the hot water heater. Um, you have you you know it's the the studies have shown that that most people can't afford a four hundred dollar emergency, um, and that's black and white. But um, so save enough money so you have an emergency fund, and then start saving money that uh, that that will that will help um, contribute to your retirement. Because if you if you wait. Um, the longer you wait, the harder it is. I mean, you know, you know, you you know, once you in your twenties, um, um, you know, you want to, you know, it's when you start when you start, you know, basically, families are going to get in the way, you know, yeah. of, of saving once you once you start buying cars and houses. So, so when I hear of someone in their twenties who who has, has like maxed out their four and K. Um, and and is sophisticated about money. I'm, I'm you know I'm really proud of and give them props. But I would say, folk, you know, think about retirement. Think about um, think about um, even if you're in your twenties. Think about what's going to happen if you don't have any money in your fifties and sixties. Um, and uh, so that's the first thing I would say. Focus focus on retirement. You know, before you get that, before you get that new car um, that you are trading for a new car, set some money aside and just just watch it grow. Um, and the thing is, um, you know, don't be, you know, you know, black folks are really conservative when it comes to investing. Right. Um, and so, 
So, so we want you to invest more in the stocks, in some stocks that are going to grow. And that's why we don't want you, you know, if you're not comfortable picking stocks, don't want you picking them. But that's where that financial advisor comes in. So that's the second thing. See, go find a financial advisor, you know, go find a uh, find one that you can relate to, you feel comfortable with. And, and there's associated the Association of African American uh, um, advisors. So it's called Quiet A. Uh, and uh, they have a listing city by city that you can go to. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and some of them will do some pro bono work. So, uh, but that's key, you know, somebody who you can learn from, who's going to help you get to that next step. Uh, yeah. and, 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 uh, to your point, Rodney, there are a lot more resources, certainly that have emerged over the last 20 years than there were when I was in my 20s. I know that, yeah. where they, whether they're churches, their community organizations, that will at least get you, you know, you get access to a free credit report and you can also get free financial and credit counseling. And if all that does for you is to set up a budget that you can live by and you only do that once a year, you're way ahead of the game. Right. And, you know, many churches, black churches now, they have financial ministries. Yes. So, so, uh, so, and, and so you could go there and, and somebody and, and learn just, just, you know, you can go and learn from, from your uh, fellow church members, you know, they used to bring in people, but, um, and, and it's not, you know, financial, um, financial, um, um, financial uh, education is not is not taught in schools as much as it should be, uh, but it's 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 a growing trend. Um, but uh, it's still it's still not in uh, many inner city schools or black schools. Uh, so we want to push we want to push to do that. You know you know about Ariel Academy um, in Chicago. Where, you know where they start teaching these kids in the kindergarten, and and by the time they graduate, they know how to invest in stocks. So it's not too young. You know, talk to your right. children. You know, <laughs> you right, know? yeah. Another great organization that's done great work is World of Money, which is uh, which is it was uh, I knew from New York, Sabrina Lamb, but they're also out working in Chicago as well. So you're right, it's just never too early to have this conversation. We're really talking about closing the wealth, wealth gap because it's going to take multiple generations to do it. It's supposed multiple generations to get here. It's not going to happen in our generation, but if we teach what we need to teach, we will close that gap over time. Yes. Where's, what's the best way for our audience to stay in touch with you, um, whether it's on social or whatever, and certainly what, how should they go about making sure they get access to um, fixing the racial wealth gap, your latest book? Um. I have a website, it's uh, www.rodneyabrooks.com. Um, everything I write, I post there. Uh, I also have videos with financial planners and um, you know, of black, white, all kinds of financial planners. Uh, and they talk about a variety of subjects um, and uh, you can buy the book there. Um, and it's, it is on Amazon, you can find it. So uh, Fixing the Wealth Gap, um, Rodney, a. Brooks. Uh, actually, there's a, also a, a, a white Rodney A. Brooks who is a robotics expert who is actually a lot more famous than I am. <laughs> well, I, I know you. I ain't never heard of him. I know you. So you're the famous one. Listen, Rodney, thank you so much for joining us on Your Money, Your Life. Again, congratulations and thank you for writing Fixing the Racial Wealth Gap. And, and I urge our audience to check out Rodney, go to his website, get the book but get the wealth of resources. We're talking about self-education, 
Rodney's laying it out there for us to, to for, for not only for ourselves, but to share with others and especially young people. Rodney, thank you for being a guest on the show. Okay, thank you for inviting me. This is Alfred Edmund Jr., Senior VP, Executive Editor at Large at Black Enterprise, and you just listened to another great edition of Your Money, Your Life. This edition of Your Money, Your Life is brought to you by Prudential. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.